What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 36 of the Joe Ciccarelli Show. Today's conversation is with Lisa Johnson. This episode, it is an absolute banger, as my friends in Scotland would say. I'll tell you about my Scotland accent. My Scottish accent is getting very good. Very, very good. Lots of practice with my wife, Nat, on that. Um, so Lisa came to me through uh, listening to her uh, or something, Spencer Lodge interviewing her. Spencer, this is like a, like a crazy puzzle here. Spencer Lodge was the first episode of this season uh, on my show which was a really cool episode. Guy's crazy, really interesting. Uh, He has a podcast. He interviewed Lisa. That's how I first got into her and what she was all about. So I reached out to Lisa, and she was gracious enough to come on the show uh, and chat. And so um, I want to talk a little bit about her and give a little intro, but I guess high-level meta view, Lisa's focus is on helping people turn their hobbies into a business. It's really that simple. She does that through passive or what she refers to as leveraged income, one to many, creating programs online, building followers in allowing people to find a way that works for them. What I love so much about Lisa, and we talk all about this, is um, one of the things she said that really resonates with me is just, you don't have to be anyone you don't want to be. You don't, if you have a hobby and you like it and you want to turn it into passive income, or you want to create more for yourself using that hobby or something you're interested in, that's enough. You don't need to be crazy at doing online videos. You don't need to be crazy at doing TikToks or um, LinkedIn or Instagram or Clubhouse, whatever it is. You got to find what works for you and just do the unsexy things. We talk about how business, the real things that help people be successful in business are the unsexy things. And that's the really just comes down to being consistent. And so whatever it is that you're comfortable doing and whatever it is that you're into as a hobby, you could take those things, you can combine them and you could just be unsexy. You could be consistent and you will be successful if you stick with it. And Lisa creates has a course where she makes over $3 million a year where she does exactly this. And she teaches people and takes you through every single step on how to, uh, on how to do this. And so I wanted her on the episode because I'm interested in a lot of this stuff. I'm where in the process to kind of develop in my first course. So I wanted to learn from Lisa and I'm going to use this term, but I I don't mean it in a bad way, but I hammer her in this episode because I'm just so intrigued and I, and, and what I like so much about her is she gets it. She's pragmatic. Um, in fact, for some of myself, I'm like big into visualization and meditation and she's like, yeah, I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. I'm just, here's what works. Here's how it works. I wanted someone when she got into this, she wanted someone to tell her, here's what I need to do. And she would do it. And I think a lot of us are like that. We're willing to do the work. We just want someone to tell us what to do. That's what she does in her course. And that's what she does a lot today. So she gives a great primer today on how this works, how it makes sense and how you can literally go from, huh, um, and we use me as an example is at the beginning, here's something I'm interested in. And it's really easy for us to say, I'm interested in this. The problem is that we normally stop there and say, oh, that can't be a business. And she gives two reasons why most people stop. And she talks about those as well and how those can be uh, kind of brought past. So I don't want to ruin the episode. I want you guys to dive in. I want you guys to check this out um, because I think if you're someone who listens to my podcast, you're either a family member or friend supporting or more than likely at this stage, if you're still listening, you're someone who's interested in self-development, you're interested in getting to the next level and you're interested in how you could take what you already have and turn it into something more. And I think this is a great episode to do that. So I hope you guys dive in. I hope you guys listen 
And if you're so inclined, reach out to me. Uh, and I'm happy to connect you with Lisa uh, or at least her information on how to take her course. And um, she'll share some information on the episode around that as well. Thanks for joining. Hi, nice to be here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about kind of the whole passive income thing. I initially found out about you when I listened to Spencer's podcast, Spencer Lodge's podcast, and he did a good job at the beginning of kind of jumping right in and that's, and it really caught my attention. So I kind of wanted to take the same approach. And the thing that resonated with me, I shared it with friends. I shared it with family. I had folks before this podcast say, Hey, ask her this or ask her that. And the biggest thing was, okay, people have a hobby and they could turn that into a business. And, um, can you talk a little bit about how that works and how you coach around that? Yeah, sure. So how it came about, like people wanting to kind of do their hobbies is that people would come to me and say, you know, I want, I want semi-passive income. I want a membership or I want a course. And the first thing they would say to me is, but the business that I do at the moment I don't really want a membership on that. I don't really want to do a course on, you know, like I'm a coach or I'm a personal trainer. And so I said, well, you don't have to. Like, let's get deeper into what other stuff that you like. And sometimes we'd look at like what they used to do for a job, for instance. So if they had a job where they were in customer services or sales or PR, you could use that instead for your Mm -hmm. business. But then some of them were saying, well, we don't want to do that either. And so the next step is then to look at, well, what are your hobbies? What kind of things do you like? Because if you like something and there are others who like the same thing, and they normally are, if you like something, then that means there's a community. And as soon as there's a community, you can make money from it. So for instance, one of my, um, one of my clients came to me and she, I said, what do you like? And she said, you know, I like the theater and that you know if you like the theater there are millions of people that like the theater so why not have a membership based around that and so she put this membership together where you know they would all talk about the different places to go to the theater and what are the best seats and which are the best shows and she would bring people into interview that were on the west end stages and broadway stages and she made six hundred thousand in a year from that membership because where there are people that want a community, people want to be around people that like them. Like when we were younger, when we, we wanted people in our gang, we wanted people in our club. And when we were really little, we'd make little membership cards and like, you could come into our club. Nothing's changed. We're exactly the same as that now. We want to be around people that like the same things as us. Yeah, totally. So how do you get from like, I like something to... I create a membership. Like what's the, it's, you know, where do I start? Like, you know, let's let's talk about it as if it's you. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, what kind of things do you like to do? What are your hobbies? Like, is it travel? Is it playing the guitar? What do you like to do? And what do people like think of you as the person who does so, so with me, it's travel. Like people know that I like travel. Um, with you, what is the thing that people would go, oh, no, you know, we know Joe likes this. I would say self-development's my thing. I think most people, whenever they talk to me, I'm trying some new damn thing. I'm taking a cold shower. I'm fasting for three weeks. I'm, I'm always trying to like get to the next level. Um, right. Brilliant. Yeah. So yeah. say that you had a membership called The Next Level, which was for people that – 
you know, they like their life, but they want more and they know that they can get more and they want to be around like-minded people who also want more. Then you had a membership, let's say, where every single month you brought somebody in to do a little masterclass or training on what they believe was something that helped people you know, self-develop and get to that next level, whether it's a morning routine, whether it's meditation, whether it's, you know, something completely off the wall and different so that people could learn about those things. And then obviously you have a community, whether it's on a Facebook group or somewhere else, where they all chat to each other about what's worked for them and, you know, support each other in their looking for this next level in their lives. And you charge people a small amount to be there because you're curating it. Mm. So why does that sound so fucking easy? It's really and, easy. I don't know why people don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't people do it, in your opinion? I think there are two reasons people don't do it. First of all, like business isn't complicated. And a membership or a course is just business. It isn't complicated. People make business complicated. Business actually isn't, um, is the first thing. But there are two reasons that people generally tell me they can't do this. The first is there's already somebody doing it. Yeah. Um, We hear that all the time, you know, there's already somebody that's doing it as if that means you can't do it. We never hear a hairdresser going, can't open a hairdresser's. There's already somebody doing it. You know, it's ridiculous. We can have as many people as we like doing the same thing because people will resonate with the way we do it, the way we teach it, or even just us as people and our story. You know, think how many influencers there are out there right now. They're all doing exactly the same thing, but they all have a million followers. Like yeah. there are plenty of people in the world to so spread true. about. Yeah. Um, so we, I'd rather somebody was already doing it because if somebody isn't already doing it, you don't actually know that the market's there. Mm. If somebody is, you already know the market's there and you can just take a piece of it. The second thing is people feel that to start to do any kind of course or, or membership or ebook or anything, they need to be the biggest guru on the internet. You know, we need to be the expert, the big yep, one. Yeah. And actually, an expert, the definition of an expert is somebody that knows the most about a particular subject in an average room, not in the internet or the world or your town or anywhere, on an average room. So, you know, you probably in an average room know the most about self-development practices. Um, I probably know the most about passive income. My friend definitely knew the most about theatre. She was sure. always, you know, the person that people would pick pick their brains from. So whatever is that topic that people say, can I just pick your brains? That's usually the thing that you would be best doing a course or a membership on. Mm. Um, but people don't do it because of those two reasons. But once they realise that it doesn't really matter how many people are doing it and that they don't need to be the absolute guru in something, then it usually gets them on the right path to starting to make money from something that they love anyway. What a no brainer. So then let's, if you don't mind, I want to dive in a little bit. So how do you, so if I, all right, let's talk about the next level. So now I have the next level. I'm like, I just talked to you. I'm excited. I'm jacked up. I'm going to get off this call. I want to start a group. I guess I go on Facebook. I start a group. How the hell, like, okay. Then what? So, (laughs) so when this happened to me, I realized, because with me, Within a very short 
period of time, I started making over a million in in semi-passive and passive income from membership and courses. And I realized that each time I was adding a passive income stream in, I was doing the same thing over and over again. So then when I started to teach my clients how to do it, I realized I was just teaching them the same thing over and over again. So it's like five steps right from the beginning before you even have like, when you've just got that tiny bit of an idea. Mm -hmm. Um, There are five steps. I call it the cash system and I've trademarked it because it works. So let's go through it. So like step one, which is the C from the word cash is client. So instead of you thinking, right, I've got this idea, this thing I want to do, should I do it as a membership? Should I do it as a course? What should I do? Instead, think, who is the client? Who are the people I want to help here? So turn it round and think client first. So for you, you might go, well, actually, I really want to help people that were me five years ago when they hadn't even come into the self-development world and they started to think, you know, there must be more to this. Who hasn't woken up and gone, is this it? Those might be the people that you're trying to get. Once you know who those people are, you can work out everything about them, what makes them tick, you know, everything, and get this. We, we hear of ideal client avatar all the time. It's exactly yeah. the same with this. Work out who your client's going to be first. They will eventually tell you what they want whether it's a membership or a course or whatever. So that's the C. Mm -hmm. Then we go on to the A, which is audience. Once you know who that client is, you're going to grow and nurture an audience of those people that you've just worked out. So for you, if you were looking at people who are looking for self kind of self-development stuff and, and really wanting to improve their lives, I would say Facebook and Instagram are going to be your best bet and maybe even an email list. So you would put a funnel out there of some kind, and I kind of hate the word funnel these days, but it makes sense to put something out there that baits people in um, to get to know you a little bit more. And that might be a freebie that you put out there saying 10 ways to change your life today or a quiz. Why aren't you happy with life right now? So it's something that your ideal client is going to want, whereas anybody else that looks at it, it won't resonate with them. So they'll walk on by. So this is like a PDF or something, right? I could just do like a little ebook or some shit uh, and just, and just put it out there. Can you explain quickly um, for those that don't know, like can, uh, how would you describe what a funnel is? A funnel for me is a way to get people to notice what you do and who you are without you having to go out there and tap every single person on the shoulder. So instead, you're putting something out there that only the right people will come in. Think of it like fishing. Like you put something out there and you reel in the right people because you're putting something out there that's of value to something they need the solution for. So if the pain point is, is this it? And you're putting something out there that solves that problem. The right people go, oh, I need this PDF. And so what they're going to do is they're going to, in exchange for getting it, give you their email address. And that means that you can then nurture them, write to them every week, invite them to a group, talk to them, which is what we really want. We want them to be in your world. So by growing this audience, you can't just grow an audience. You need to nurture it. You need to be giving value. You need to be get not just showing let's say you have a free Facebook group to do this with you're not just going to be showing what you know about self-development you're going to be showing your personality because actually what we know is that people buy from people they like but Mm -hmm. most of the time they don't know if they like you because we all put on the business front I'm going to show you everything I know about this topic instead of this is who I am these are the things that have happened to me you know 
Absolutely. Like being vulnerable. Like it's just, yeah. th- there's such a big part of, and I've started to do videos um, on LinkedIn about like sales. And that's another big thing that I like. I was just thought the self-development thing might resonate, but it's like, I sit there and I'm this dude that like, I can talk about sales. I can get people excited. I kind of can be an asshole about it, which people kind of laugh at. So it's like, I'm not the funniest guy in the room, but I'm funny enough. I'm not the best sales guy in the room, but I'm good <laughs> at sales. So when I combine them, I can kind of, and it's really interesting because then I sit in front of a camera and I'm like, Okay, so step one of sale, and it's like I sound like an asshole, you know. And so, so many people do that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Personalities are so important, and it's because most of us have come from some kind of corporate world where actually the brand and the professionalism is more important than who you are. But we're, so we're in a different world now. Who we are is more important than any of that. We are our own personal brand. Yeah. And that's what's going to make people resonate with us. So I've had somebody that was really approachable, like a right laugh in, in real life. And I was like, you're going to be brilliant on camera. And then <laughs> and she did her first live and she was like, oh, chatting with me and all fun. And then she says, hello. So today, what, she turns into like a newsreader, like automatically. It's so funny. It's crazy. But, um, it's she's, crazy. She's better at it now. So yeah. So the A is you're going you're gonna to grow and nurture this audience of people who are going to love you. And they're going to mm-hmm. become your super fans. And then there's two S's in the cash system because I couldn't shoehorn all of the words into (laughs) one. So the first S is structure and system. So once you've gone, okay, I know who I want to help. I know what I want to give them. I've grown an audience of these people. You then need to work out how you're going to give it to them. So let's say you say, I'm going to do a course or I'm going to do a membership. So then what you do is decide where you're going to do that. And these days there's so many places like, online that you can do that places like teachable and thinkific or Kartra for courses places for memberships like member vault or you know the plugins like member press and member space there's so many different user-friendly ways of using the tech now to actually get something to your people and you've got to decide how you want to do it like for me I'm a video girl like I'm going to do everything on video when I teach There are some people that absolutely hate being on video. So they're going to do workbooks Mm. or audio or checklists, but whatever works for them, we get to decide. Once you've worked that out, you go on to the next S, which is selling. You know what you've got. You've put it all in the system, but you need to sell it to those people, that audience that you've grown. So on the online world, we call selling launching. And launching is a whole process and strategy in itself. And this is the bit that most people get wrong. So I have people come to me saying, I grew an audience. Like I had this great idea for a membership for, you know, Chinese cooking. And (laughs) they put it out there and they say, nobody bought it. And I said, well, how did you launch it? And they say, oh, well, I just told my audience about it. I was like, that's not enough these days. Like our audiences are wary. They've been burned online a million times. They've bought courses that they've never even finished or started half the time. So we need to get people warmed up. So I believe that launching is like a six to 12 week process. There's lots of different ways you can do it, but it's a process that you have to actually put a strategy behind um, and launch something. I did a launch in October that made 1.7 million because I did the strategy up front. And then H is the most important one in the cash system, and that's keeping your clients happy. Because the first time you do anything is really hard work. Like the first time you're going to do a membership, or you're going to do a course on self-development, you're going to be putting your heart and soul into it. You're going to be growing this audience at the same time as writing it. You're going to be learning how to launch and putting that out there. That's effort. It only becomes passive the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth time you do it. 
And you won't get a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth time unless you give the results that your audience wants and you go the extra mile to make sure that they're happy. Wow. Um, that's incredible. One of the things that you just, that you talked about is like, okay, passive, passive income sounds like, oh, I just like get a pina colada and sit at a beach. But there's a lot of work that goes into this, huh? I wish it wasn't called passive income, but people know it as that. I would like the term to be changed to leveraged income because all it really is, is changing the way you work from one to one to one to many. You're no longer trading your time for money. You are instead leveraging your time to more people. Um, but when I say leverage income, everyone's like, I don't even know what that is. I say passive income. They're like, oh, you mean courses and memberships? Like, okay, we'll keep the term. <laughs> but yeah, it's not passive. It's a myth. It's It can become passive. So if we think about like in the first year of my business, when I was doing one-to-one, I was working around 80 hours a week, which was a nightmare because I had just like coaching individual people and stuff. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, just like helping people individually with their businesses. But I was knackered. I was making 220,000. So like I was happy with that, but I was really tired. So I knew that something had to change. And then I learned everything that I could about passive and semi-passive income streams. And by the end of year two, I was working 30 hours a month in my business and I was earning over a million. So it made a big difference, this leveraging. Because if you think about leveraging income, like people say, yeah, but most of the things you do are semi-passive. You're still doing something. You're still teaching it live. And that's true. I do have some completely passive income streams, things like a jewelry range on my website that people can just go and buy. The jewelry designer will make it and send it off to them. And I'll just get a cut because my name is on it affiliate links that people go, oh, I want to buy this book that Lisa recommends, click on the Amazon link, I'll get a cut from it. They're completely passive. But most of the things I do are semi-passive because in the beginning, I had I made my first course and I was like, yes, got this course, Business Basics. I put it on my website. People are buying it while I'm asleep at night. They're going to take it. I don't know if they're doing it well. I don't know if they're implementing any of it, but they're doing it. And I've got some more money in my bank account because of it. But integrity-wise, it didn't feel right because I didn't know if they were even learning anything. And so I decided instead, it was 10 modules, to instead, every week, I would go live and I would teach that module live. Because if I turn up, they're more likely to turn up. Sure. And if they have questions... I can get them through it or worries that will make them finish the course because 80% of people don't finish a course. So I wanted them to get to the end. So I made all of my courses passive and people then said, well, it's hardly, it's hardly passive if you're going on live. And so I said, okay, well, think of it like this. Somebody comes to me and wants 10 hours of my time. I can give it to them. I'll probably charge around 20,000, but they can have 10 hours one-to-one. However, in this course, I'm still only doing 10 hours work. The PowerPoint presentations are done. I'm just delivering it live. The workbooks are already done. It's the 10th time that I've done this course. I'm just delivering it for an hour live once a week. So it's still 10 hours of my time, but I can make 500,000. So this is very different. 20,000 is leveraging that time that you have. Wow. Uh, So one of the things that you've said... um, I don't know if this was on your Instagram or something that really resonated with me. And maybe I need a kick in the ass on this. So for me, I actually, 
I started out being like, I want to, this is years ago and I was living in Dubai and I'm like, you know, I want to be an influencer and more just, I want to bring stuff to people. And so I went and saw a life coach and I, I had such an incredible experience. I'm like, well, shit, now I'm going to be a life coach. So I've gone, through, which has been an awesome experience, but got certified, certified coach. Um, and one of the things I've started to niche down on is really focused on salespeople. So my goal kind of now is like, Hey, you know, I'm offering free coaching sessions. I want people to, I, I, I want people to one-on-one coach, but really where I want to get to is more of a position like you. And one of the things that you've said that kind of resonated with me was like, you don't need to coach a bunch of people just to then get above that. Um, no. Yeah. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. When I first came into the online world, every coach that I met or every person in business that I met said, you have to do one-to-one to for five years before or learn like it. Three, three years, some arbitrary figure of, of time that I had to be doing this for to learn my craft and to make sure I already knew my craft. I knew how to run a business. I'd had businesses before. So I was like, why do I have to? No one could tell me. It was just, this is how it's done. So I decided I wasn't going to do it that way and go straight for groups, go straight for for semi-passive income, straight for courses and memberships. I don't do any one-to-one now. Um, and lots of my clients that come to me, and I've taught over 2,000 in the past year and a half, come to me straight from the beginning saying, this is what I know, this is what I want to do, I don't want to do one-to-one. And they don't, and they're fine. <laughs> you know, like yeah. nothing nothing as bad has happened. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're still waiting. I mean, that's what I like about some of the stuff that you've, that you've put out there um, is the idea that like, and it's almost kind of frustrating probably because everyone's got an excuse why they don't do it. And a lot of your stuff is kind of like, you don't have to do it that way. If you don't want to get on live and be live, don't go like, there's really no excuse. <laughs> no, and we'll find it. won't we? We'll find the excuses because we are made to be a, find a reason not to do the extraordinary. We are made to that with that fight or flight in us that is like, stick to what we know, stick to what we know is safe. Like we're, we're supposed to be like that. And as an entrepreneur, you can't be that. You can't be safe. You have to go off the path and go, well, I'm going to try something a bit different. Even that in itself is most people can't do. They, they want to go back to being safe. Um, and so it doesn't help when there's so much, you should do this. You should do should it this, do this. way. Yeah. You know, this is how this, I mean, recently, if you're not on Clubhouse, you won't have a business in a year. Yeah, and then I, I get this thing, it's like, oh, oh, fuck, like I need to figure out Clubhouse. Like, yeah. yeah, we better go and do it. Yeah. But it's a load of crap. Like we don't have to be anywhere we don't want to be. Like when people said to me two years that. ago, got to go on TikTok, otherwise you won't have a business. They said the same about reels. I've done one reel. I didn't like it. I look like an idiot pointing at things. I'm not doing it. And all these different things that we are supposed to do, I never do anything I'm supposed to do, and I still make about three million a year. <laughs> I haven't done a fucking thing I'm supposed to do in three years, and I'm killing it. Yeah, wow. I love yeah. that so much. So, Lisa, to talk about, you know, you talked about uh, cash. Um, so uh, this is like incredible, insightful in- information here. Talk about how your course works. And like one of the things, again, that I liked about, you and I like about you is that when you talked a little bit about integrity and I felt like, oh, well, people weren't doing it. And I remember you saying, well, you know, I looked at my course, this may be, and maybe that course I'd like to hear about it. Is it cash? And you just talk people through each component of it. And where do people stop? Where do they feel? And how does your course help them ensure that they're going to get through? 
the reason I bought out my course, which is called One to Many, it's actually a program rather than a course because it's there's so many elements to it. What's the, the difference between it, a program and a course? I think a course you could just go and take. You could just go and do it on your own. There's no sort of done for you. There's no pushing you along. There's no coaching involved. Whereas with a Here program, it is. It's go figure it out. Yeah. That. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And mine isn't like that at all. Um, people moan about that because I'm on their backs, but I want to be because I think people need to push to get to the end. Um, so the reason it came about is because I was one of those people that was like, right, I'm going to do a course. So I bought a course on how to do courses. And I did that. And I'm, I'm pretty good. I'll get to the end of a course. I'll make myself do stuff. So I did this course. and I was like, great, I've done it. Now what? Who am I going to sell it to? Oh, well, if you want to sell it, you need to buy a course on how to grow an audience. Okay, I'll buy that course. I'll work out how to grow an audience. Right, I've grown the audience. Now what? We need to be nurturing them. You need another course on how to nurture your audience ready to buy. Okay, I'll buy that course. Okay, I've got my audience. I've got my, now what? We need to know how to launch. You need to buy a program about launching. And it was just like, I felt like every time I got to the end of something, there was something else I needed to buy to get there. And it was starting to piss me off. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do all the courses out there. I spent over 200,000 doing every course that I could get my hands on, on all of the pieces, all of the jigsaw pieces in passive income. Mm -hmm. I looked at what worked. I experimented. Some of it didn't, some of it did, some of it I improved on. And then I made my own program, One to Many, which takes you through every single piece of the jigsaw. So if you think of that cash system, it takes you from actually knowing how to grow an audience all the way through to launching, but also retention, remarketing, and keeping people happy because that's just as important. Mm -hmm. And people came through it, did the first sort of couple. It was like, this is great. People are raving about it. However... I like metrics. I like stats. And I could tell that only 50% were finishing it. And so the people that were getting the results were shouting about them. But there was a load of people not shouting about them because they weren't getting results. So then I went to see why. And it's because they weren't finishing it. So I asked them, you know, we had to look where the drop-offs were. And in module two to three, people were just dropping off. So we said, what? we spoke to them, what's going on? Why aren't you doing it? Like, the tech is hard. You know, tech can be quite hard for people that are just starting, like yeah, building a yeah. funnel. Um, and so we said, okay, we'll give you one. So we got a whole team in that gives them a bespoke automated funnel just for them and a lead magnet designed for them as part of the course at no extra cost. Because if we could get them past that, there'd be no excuse then. They'd get to the end. So wait, just so I understand, when we talk about so this this bespoke uh, funnel and lead magnet, is that someone coming in and saying, "Hey, Joe, um, you're going to go next level. Uh, let's work with you to develop this ten top ten things, and we're going to put together a little document for you. And that's going to be your lead magnet, magnet, and then your funnel is going to be some sort of system that's when someone clicks on that and gets it, it's going to deliver their email yeah. or information to you. That's that's the process, yeah, and uh, they okay. automate it all for you. Okay. Um, and tell you the bits that you need to do for them to be able to do that. So it's like really micro step by step. I think people need step by step. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that got loads more people through. And then we saw that people like on module eight had stopped again. And so we were like, come on, like we've given you all this stuff. Like what is stopping you? And they're like, well, you know, life gets in the way. It's been two months. It's kind of hard going an audience because you're doing it to nobody at the beginning it's like tumbleweed and, and it is for all of us when we first start we all start in the same place with nobody in there and it can be hard and so I said okay you need accountability so we put them in accountability pods 
really small ones so that someone was watching them and making sure they were doing the work and supporting them, a bit of handholding, mm-hmm. and more people than ever went through. So I think it was really about, I know that there's a lot of people that will just put a course out there and say, well, I've given you the knowledge, you know, it's not my problem if you don't get the results because you can take a horse to water, you can't get it to drink. Mm-hmm. I believe that actually it is a duty of the person that's putting the course out there to do everything in their power to make sure that that person gets to the end and implements. So we have implementation sessions, all sorts to make sure people do it. And that's the H, right? I mean, that's the, that's happy, right? I mean, if you're, that's kind of, if, if people don't finish, they're probably not going to, um, and even though it, it it is their fault. It doesn't Um, matter though. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're still not going to rave about you. And and the fact the the way that I made like seven figures quickly without Facebook ads or affiliates or anything like that is because people would tell other people about yeah. the course because they'd got the results and that's more important. It's more important. Um, why to me, there's such like a taboo around courses um, or programs in the sense that like, I think people are kind of scared that like, Hey, I'm going to get scammed or something or Hey, this marketing sounds good. I click, it's like click and bait and click and, um, so I guess part of that is like, they're like, why, why, why would I want to create that? Because people would never buy it because it's kind of a hoax. And then the other side is, why would I want to take one? Uh, yeah. What do you say to that? Well, first of all, they're quite right. I think that there is a lot out there that is yeah. just the same old crap. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and uh, kind of like, we've all, I think we've all been burned by a course that was useless or yeah. something that didn't deliver. But when I used to moan about this, cause I've, I've had coaches that have been terrible and I used to moan about the industry a lot. And then somebody said to me, you can keep moaning about the industry and how bad these courses are, or you can be the change maker that creates one that makes people think it isn't like this anymore. And actually I think that's really important that we've got the power to turn that around and to become the person that makes courses that makes people go, Oh my God, courses can change your life programs can change your life because we all know something that can help somebody else and it doesn't matter whether it's like it doesn't have to be truly powerful I know that there's this thing out there at the moment where you're supposed to have some big why that is helping a million people in two years or whatever but it doesn't have to be that it can just be that you want to help someone with a small thing like I remember some of the first things that I bought was like a little ebook kind of course on how to take two under twos to Disneyland. Like there's yeah, no I big thing there. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to know how to do it in the simplest way. And she makes money from that. And why shouldn't she? Um, you know, potty training kids, parenting, giving your kids confidence, how to date properly, sex. There's so many different things that people know about that they can help other people with. And you only need to be a couple of steps up from where someone is that they want to know what you know. I remember when I started my very first business in the wedding planning industry, people just asking me, how did you get started? Like the simplest tiny things that they didn't know that I already knew. And that's what got me started on this. Um, You know, we all know something and we can, you know, it's a multi-billion dollar industry courses and programs in America it's much more further on than where it is here in the UK but we're getting there um but there are still people that want to learn things and the quickest way is to do it online 
quickest way to do it online. Ha, if someone is listening to this and they're like, hey, I'm fucking sold. I want to go join the course. Can you talk a little bit about like how it works, how they sign up and what it costs? Yeah, so I do I only do it once a year because uh-huh. we put a lot into it and we change it every year. Um, this year it's out in June and it will be around the 2000 mark and there's a 12-month payment plan. We always make it as affordable as we can for people. And um yeah, there's a lot a lot in it this year. We've we've added mini courses cuz I want it to be the only program anyone ever needs to buy to scale their business online. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk to you about a couple of things, but before I forget this, if someone's sold now or really interested now, where would they go to learn more about it? Yeah. The best way is if you're following me on Instagram, everything's always on there at Lisa Johnson strategist. Um, I also have a Facebook group, the fabulous 5%, um, with 10,000 entrepreneurs in there. So just come and hang out with us and you'll, you'll hear. (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay cool i talk a lot you'll hear about stuff as, they, as it happens <laughs> so um that's great so now that we're 32 minutes in can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you were uh sorry yeah. i just got really in infa- but yeah can give us a little bit of information about you as a person yeah so i grew up in council housing in lincolnshire in the uk which is a bit like your guys welfare i think in america yeah um yeah. and so didn't have much, was quite happy with that until 11 years old when I got a scholarship to a private school um, where all the rich kids went. And there was me um, being picked up on the back of my dad's motorbike while they're all being picked up in their Bentleys. And so that's when bullying started for me. And I got bullied throughout my entire school life. Um, and it turned me into somebody that was terrified of other people. So by the time I got like my first well, I got married at 17, first of all, um, to somebody that was much older than me. And I think that was just through, like, fear. <laughs> I was just so scared by that point that I was always going to be alone. Um, got divorced at 21 and got my first job. And in that job, I was bullied again by a gang of girls because I probably came across as pretty aloof because I was terrified. Um, and things weren't working out that well for me up until this point. And then in my early 20s or mid 20s, I was in a position where I didn't really know whether I wanted to continue. Like I didn't, I wasn't loving life at all. And I hadn't since I was 11. So I was in this position where I was like, I can totally understand why, why people just decide to commit suicide. Like, I don't understand what would have me carry on right now. Um, I was in this tiny little bed set. I had no job. I'd gone through a divorce and I was like 23. Um, And so I made the decision that I was just going to get a load of pills. I was going to get a bottle of wine and I was just going to end it. And as I sat there on the floor, just something tiny stopped me. And this thought of what if everybody is wrong? What if you can completely change your life? What if you can rewrite your entire story and not be the kid from the council estate, not be the kid that gets always made fun of, always bullied. Um, I was told I was, you know, ugly. I wasn't very clever. I was stupid. I would never make anything of myself. And I just thought, what if none of it's true? And so I decided to give myself a test. But I didn't know what that test was going to be. But I said, I'm going to give myself something really hard to do. And if I can pass this test, I will allow myself to live and I will change everything. And if I can't, I'll just end. I'll just end it. And so then it was like, well, what's a hard thing to do? Well, I hadn't even finished school because I got bullied out, basically. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do a degree. 
I'm going to get myself like a, a college degree and it's going to be a really hard one. So what's hard, medicine or law? I have no interest in medicine. Let's do law. So I got a job as an office junior. And while working full time, I decided to study for this degree in the evening. So I'd go back home every night and I'd read the books that I needed to for law. And after four years, I was one mark away from a first, which is the highest that you can get in the UK. Um, And I'd done it. And it was all through just perseverance and testing myself as to my limits of what I could do. And that changed everything for me because then I was like, well, if I can do that, I can do anything that I want to. And so I changed everything. I started getting really good jobs in law and then in the banking industry. I became an investment banker and climbed that ladder. And from where I'd been, from the outside, everyone was like, oh, Lisa's like done so well for herself. Like she's doing a six figures in an investment bank. She's doing really well. And um, then I got pregnant accidentally with twins and so everything changed again but by this time I was really used to rewriting my story and so it didn't phase me very much I was like I can do this um so the twins came along and at five months old I said right well I'm gonna have to go back to work financially you know I was a single parent at this point so it's like there's nothing I can do about it I'm gonna have to go back to work so I went back to work and I couldn't deal with it. Like I was working from six o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night and I never saw them. And so I made the decision to give up my salary and go and work part time as a PA again, go right back to the beginning where I started and see my kids. And so I did that. And it was right near my house. So I got to see them all the time. And while I was there, I got really bored because I was used to having so much responsibility and I was basically surfing the internet all day. And so I thought, well, what else can I do like to make some money? And I thought, I'll start a business. I knew nothing about business. Like no one I knew had a business. Like where I come from, people don't have businesses. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start one anyway. I'm going to become a wedding planner. So I started this business doing all my research online. And after the first year, I was in a new relationship. Things were going well. And he was like, let's sit down and see how much money you're making. See if you can leave your nine to five um, and spend more time with the boys. And we had a look and I was making pound fifteen an hour in my business because I knew nothing about business and I was £30,000 in debt because I'd come from this great job to a job where I was having to support all three of us with on a third of the salary. And so I sat there and thought, I either need to give this up and just realise I'm always going to be living hand to mouth, but I'm going to see my kids. Or I need someone to teach me about business, but that's going to mean... I'll be £35,000 in debt because I'll need to put it on a credit card because I didn't have any money. Um, in for a penny, in for a pound. If you're 30000 in debt, does it even matter if you're 30000 <laughs> <laughs> I was I just stuck it on a credit card and uh, got a coach. And this coach taught me about the basics of business, you know, like having a marketing plan, having a strategy, ideal client, money mindset. My money mindset was awful. I believed that people like me didn't make a lot of money, and so I didn't. Yeah. Um, it was crazy. Can I, can I pause you on that for a second? Because I think that is such a massive thing. Like, how to – it's all about what we believe about ourselves. And then that's literally – I mean, I'm into the visualization. I, I just read a book called Reality Transferring. I don't know if you heard of it. But basically, it's just, you know, you need to write your story in your head. How do you yeah. change – how do people change that? Because if that's what you think, I'm a middle-class person and I grew up in a middle-class environment and I get a middle-class job and that's 
good enough? Because yeah. is people worse? How do you? How do people change that? It was really hard to change yeah. it because I really, I didn't. If you'd have asked me, do you want to make a lot of money? I would have said yes, but my subconscious was saying a very different story because when I was younger, if somebody came past in like a nice car where I grew up. No one would say, oh, look at that nice car. Like, it would be, who the hell is the wanker in the posh car? You know, like, so in my head, rich people were bad people. You've got to remember that everyone that bullied me at school was rich and mm-hmm. calling me poor. And so to me, I had this whole thing that I didn't even realize about, I don't want to become rich. If I become rich, I become like them, the, the bad own. people on the side. Um, and also people from where I come from, you know, don't make six figures. That was in my head all the time. Like I didn't know anyone else that had. Now, when people tried to teach me like money mindset coaches, what you need to do is you need to write affirmations and, you know, all the visualization, that kind of thing. It wasn't working for me. I felt like I was conning myself. The way that worked for me is to go and find people that had come from the same background as me that had made lots of money. People that had come from poverty and were now rich, because I'm very much a believer. If someone can do something, I can do it. Wow. So, and and that worked for me, and that's why now I'm such a big advocate. I put my bank statements online. You know, like not many people do that, but I don't do it to boast or brag or say, "Look, here's my 200k this month." I do it because it shows other people from where I come from what's possible. And that's all I needed someone to show me when I was there. Like, if I can do it, you can do it. Um, And so I talk about money a lot because I think we, especially in the UK, we're brought up thinking that talking about money is somehow vulgar. Like, it's not the thing to do. But if we don't talk about it, it's no wonder it seems so far off for people like me. Yeah. Wow. It's so true. I mean, and then the rich people just get richer get richer because they just assume they're supposed to be rich that's absolutely right that's how they believe they say everybody i know around is rich so i'm gonna be rich yeah it's just weird like it's it's almost funny i've hung out you know with a lot of like people and sometimes you hang out with rich people and you almost think they're cheap but it's just because sometimes they don't even think about a bill because they've never had they just yeah the bill gets paid like you know it's just and i'm not saying that's the right way to be but it's just it's it, it is all, it's so much of it is mindset. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's all mindset, really, it's right? Head. All of it is yeah. in our head. And once I, I turned that round and this coach taught me about it and it really kind of made me realize that I was doing a lot of things wrong, especially like ideal client stuff. I had that so wrong. I was undercutting everyone just to be the person that people came to. Like, let's be the cheapest and then you'll get the most clients. But that's why I wasn't earning any money. So when I changed everything and worked out my ideal client, I changed that wedding business in five months from 30,000 in debt to the the most well-known urban wedding planning company in the UK. And then from there, people started asking me how I'd done it. And I found I had a knack for making business really simple. And so four years ago, I started Lisa Johnson Coaching. I gave the wedding business away. And then that's how everything started, really. But then after that first year, when everyone was saying, how successful I was, I was feeling so unsuccessful because I was so busy and I'd traded in this nine to five to work six o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night on my business and these one-to-ones. And people were saying, if you're fully booked, you're successful. And I was fully booked all the time. I had people handing me money and I was having to turn them away. But I felt like really unsuccessful because the life that I wanted was nowhere near me. There's no way I could have spent time with the kids or traveled or anything. 
Yeah. So is it a sense of like, okay, was there a party that's like, here's the life I want? How do I create a business that gets me there? Or is it just more trial and error? No, it was very much like uh, I can remember the day that I forgot to pick up my kids from school in their first week of a new school because I was so busy with my one-to-one clients that I forgot to pick them up. And the school phoned and I went and got the kids and I felt like the worst mum in the world. And I sat there and said, I'm not doing this anymore. If it means that if all of this money, and it was, you know, it was a couple of hundred grand a year, which for me was loads then. Um, if it means that I'm going to have this life where I'm not present as a parent or as a wife, then I don't want to do it anymore. So I either need to find another way or I'm going to give it up. And I heard someone talking about passive income on a podcast and they were arguing about whether it was a myth or not. Um, And so I started listening and that just got me into deeper into the world of wanting to learn everything about it. And that's when I started making the changes. And a year later, everything was different. And that's why I'm so I'm such a big advocate for people having a business model that works for their life and not the other way around because I think we can fall into it. We can just fall into the business and go, well, it's working. I'm getting money. But just because you're getting money doesn't make you successful. What makes you successful is leading the life that you would love to lead. So first work out what that life looks like, then look at the business model that supports that life. Yeah, it's so true. And like so often when I talk to, you know, when I do my coaching, uh, one-on-one, which maybe I need to look at a little bit differently now after talking to you. But, uh, but when, when you do do that, it's really interesting. You talk to people, it's like, what do you want? Um, and that's an incredibly hard question to answer. But the uh, visceral response is, of course, I want freedom. Or, But they don't take what is a perfect life look like to you in a year or two years. They don't take the whole thing into account. It could just be, oh, I'm just sitting at a beach all day. But that's not really what you want. Like what, 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 I don't, you probably want a business that really excites you and allows you to like, so it's really hard. I think that's a big first step too, is just determining what it is you want. And what happened, what I see is I ask someone a question or you think about that. You're listening to this podcast. What do you want? You sit there, you think about it for a minute. You say, God, this is a fucking hard question. I wonder what's going on on Instagram and it's out of your fucking head, you know? And it's, it's crazy because that's, yeah. You can do it a different way. You can say, what do you not want? Because that's easier. What don't you want? I knew what I didn't want. I didn't want him to be working 24-7. I didn't want him to be an absent parent. I didn't want to not be able to travel. I wanted options. So Mm, sometimes looking at what kind of life you don't want to have will show you what you want. Because that made me realize that yeah, what I did want is to travel with the kids and to have a choice every day to not have to work if I don't want to, but if I want to, to put everything into it. And that choice being an option rather than a necessity. Yeah. And some people will still want one-to-one. And I think that's brilliant. But you can choose a business model that includes one-to-one and some other stuff to give you a bit more leeway. Yeah. Yeah. I I love, you know, the more successful people that I, you know, just like kind of like you said, for me, part of this podcast is surrounding myself with successful people and learning. But a big thing that I see kind of come up over and over again um, is just you build the life you want and you have a lot of choice in that. And that goes back to the mindset is no, no, I don't have choice. I need to work and then retire. And it's really cool to see you doing that. The other piece that I see a lot, which I'd I'd love to get you to expand on quickly um, would be habits and the importance of consistency and the importance of like, so what are things you think are, yeah. Like what's your thoughts on like, cause it, yeah. as much as it's like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. It's like, you got to do something and you have to yeah. do it consistently. 
Um, and I, I, I yeah. think the whole thing with this consistency thing is that we we look at Instagram too much and it we can fall down a rabbit hole of believing the business is so sexy. Like mm-hmm. you're traveling all the time. You're standing on these amazing stages. You're doing these big things. You've got this book. You're doing a TV show. It's so sexy. It is not the sexy stuff that is going to get you there. The, the really unsexy stuff is the consistency of showing up every day, of emailing your list every day, of being there for your group every day, of you know writing pieces of content weekly. It's all these little, tiny, boring things that have to be done in business that gets you the big, sexy stuff. And people aren't consistent. So they will start a Facebook group and they will go on and they'll go, well, I've been doing it for two months and no one's showing up. Like my mum and a friend has liked it. Nobody else is showing up. Uh, And her her over there, she says it's all about LinkedIn. So I'm bored of this now. I'm going to go and do LinkedIn with it. Oh, but I'm doing LinkedIn and it's hard because you have to be on there every day, like making connections to people. And I've been doing that now for two weeks and I'm not seeing any difference in my bank balance. But Reels, someone says that Reels is, the, and they this just carries on. Whereas I'm a real big believer that there's a million ways to make a million pounds and you can do any of them if you just carry on doing the same thing consistently. Yeah. So it's if so you're going to make it from Facebook groups like I did, you go on there every day whether you are energetically aligned or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Whether your star sign tells you today's the right day or not. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, it's, it does come down to, um, to that and it's, yeah, it's just showing up every day in a way. So um, I guess before we round out here, I'm just curious, like we've talked about, like what you're, what you've done, where you're at, like what's next for you? I, I, I saw something, I saw you did a post yesterday about um, some stuff around publicity. Like what's your, what do you got going on? And like, what do you think the future holds now that you know you can write your story however the fuck you want? Well, this year for me, it was all about getting known because I've become a multi-million pound business hidden, really, just with my little email list and and my group. And I've kind of not really been out there very much. And so this year I wanted to be more known for what I do. And so I'm doing a TEDx talk in October about using adversity to fuel your success. Um, I'm going to Necker Island with Richard Branson in September um, and hanging out there for a bit to see see what that's all about. And uh, I'm doing a TV show for Amazon Prime, going to film it in Miami in June. Is that social movement? Is that social movement? Yeah. Yeah. What's that all about? So what they're doing is it's a bit like The Apprentice, but nicer. (laughs) So so we have like some teams of 10 people and we all have to work on one of the sustainability issues. So, for instance, cyberbullying, poverty, suicide, you know, the 21 issues. And um, I'm hoping to get cyberbullying, but we won't know until a month before. And then what we have is four days in our team to come up with a plan to change that. And then we put it to the judges and whichever team wins and they think, yes, you will be able to change it with that. It actually gets turned into a company and we get 4% share in the company. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. There's some real different kind of people and names and who are going to be on it. So. It'll be fun. Yeah. I hope I get cyberbullying because I feel like I could change that, but I don't know how to change any of the other things. <laughs> I'm sure you'll figure it out. 
<laughs> we'll well, thanks so thanks so much for joining. Um, so can you give your Instagram handle again? Yeah, it's Lisa Johnson Strategist. Lisa at Lisa Johnson Strategist. Okay. Well, uh, it's really been a pleasure. I mean, I know anyone listening to this is just gonna be ready to go. Uh, I'm gonna include in the show notes um, your Instagram handle and also maybe a link to the Facebook group. So if people are interested, yeah. they can check that out. Yeah, and if if you want to include a link to the cash calculator, it's thecashcalculator.com. Um, okay. If you're thinking about making passive or semi-passive income, you're not sure if you're there yet, there's a five-minute quiz that will tell you exactly the bit of that cash system you need to be working on now.